So I, I love preaching. I love preparing. I love relation. I love when the Lord speaks something. And then I love to be able to just sit there and unpack it. Um, I really do. It's, it's thrilling to me. It never gets, especially when it's something you've read, um, it feels like a hundred times. But yet the Holy Spirit just takes something and shines a light on it. And God's revelation highlights it. And, and it means something new and profound. Love doing that. But honestly, I, I don't think that's what I'm doing today. What I am doing is being obedient to what the Lord's put on my heart to do. And so I do want to make an introduction to a couple of tools that I think will do exactly that, that will bring revelation, that will be tools in the hand of the Lord to bring revelation and to bring about hunger and desire. And young people, if you guys can stay locked with me, and you've been on my heart the entire time in preparation, I really feel like you're going to get a lot out of this. So please stay locked in and let's not allow any distractions. You know, let's do a no phone zone. You know, if you got to go potty, hold it. I mean, whatever we got. And, and that's not just for the young people. We can all hold it today. So I want to start off with a story. This isn't a joke. This isn't a makeup story. This is a true story. Um, I have a friend, and his name is Jeff. And Jeff uh, was just a hellraiser growing up. And he had very little, if no, interest on going to church of being in a relationship with God, of aligning himself with God. It just wasn't there. It wasn't in his heart. Um, and so therefore, he, he didn't pursue God. He didn't go to church. He had no church background. But fortunately, Jeff and I had a, a common friend who loved Jesus and church and believed in in what the Lord did in this gathering of the saints. And so this common friend was just a squeaky wheel and was just redundant and persistent and tenacious in inviting my friend Jeff to church again and again and again and again. And Jeff said no again and again and again and again. Until he didn't. Until he didn't. And one day he came to church and he came to our church. He came to Impact Rock. We just weren't in this building yet. He came to our church and I'd like to sit here and tell you that he left amazed and saying that was the most phenomenal thing ever. My life has changed. But he left with one thought being stronger than the others. That was weird. <laughs> that was weird. They raised their hands. What's that all about? You know, they sang as if their life depended on it. And the song wasn't that great. You know, and, and he just had these. That was weird. But... I think I'll come back next week. And he did. And he came back again and again and again. And his name is Jeff. We just don't know him as Jeff. We know him as Hawk. And Hawk is a leader in this house. And Hawk came to church through a mutual friend. That mutual friend, his name... um, His name was uh, Mark Manti. And he was my closest friend. He was the one that when I was really 
like struggling, Carol would say, all right, would you call Mark and please get together with him? Go, go grab a meal or go grab a beer. Just, would you get out? Would you call Mark, please? And if you don't call Mark, I'm going to call Mark. And Mark was, he, with he and his family, he and his wife and their kids were the first family. When we said we were planting a church, they were the first family to say, we're with you. We're with you. We are planting with you, no matter the cost. And um, Mark loved Jesus and was kind. And he, he had flaws and he was great. Uh, Mark had uh, a great wife, but a bad marriage. Great kids. These phenomenal kids. Four awesome kids. One, one of whom is sitting right there next to my daughter, right there in the aisle in the back row in the center, Anaya. And on Tuesday, it was the six-year anniversary or that anniversary was the six-year mark of the day he took his own life. And as much as he loved Jesus and loved people and was kind and was always there for anybody, he allowed the cares of this world to mount up. And he took his eyes off Jesus for a moment. And, and with our eyes off Jesus, the cares of the world can consume us. And he took his life. And that was six years ago. And that was Tuesday. So Tuesday morning, I sent... Text messages to my friends, to Anaya and to Braden and to Riley and to Jen. And I just said, I love you and I'm praying for you. And I remember in Mark, you didn't get my text message. I sent you a text message. Your, your sister replied. Yeah, I sent one to you. All right. Well, my, you will talk about it. I'll make sure I have the right number for you, Anaya. And, and I also sent one to Hawk. And I said, remembering our brother today. So Hawk texts me later. He says, do you have time to raise a pint? And I, I said, if you come to my house, I do, but I can't leave my house. He said, I'm on my way. And we sat together for less than an hour. And we thanked God that God used Mark to bring Hawk to church where he gave his life to the Lord, where Mark's life so exemplified Christ that Hawk said, I will give this a church, even, church a try, even though I have no desire to go. And we remembered him and we did not cry. We did not mourn. We gave thanks. And we did raise a pint and said, thank you, Lord, for using Mark to bring us together and to bring Hawk into the grace of God. See, life has... Lots of unexpected highs and lows, ups and downs. And we are not in control, friends. If you think you're in control, all it takes is a moment of devastation like many of us experienced six years ago, like Marie experienced last year, the kids. The, we have, all it takes is a moment to go, I'm not in control. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. The book of Ecclesiastes really communicates this in a way that's just amazing. The book of Ecclesiastes is, a, is an interesting book. 
I've heard preachers say, don't preach Ecclesiastes. I'm preaching Ecclesiastes today, but, but only kind of. Because I, I want to actually introduce us to some tools. And I'll, I, maybe I'll let, the, I'll let the tools do that and the Holy Spirit work through those. Ecclesiastes 3, 1-6 through 6 says this, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. You know, I often say that the Bible is not literature. Okay, it's the the inspired word of God given to to many, many authors and they write it down. But I want to amend my statement and say Ecclesiastes actually is literature. And it's the word of God. Ecclesiastes is the most amazing book and it is literature. It starts the author saying, and it doesn't use these words, but but he, he says I'm going to tell a story. I'm the narrator. But the voice of the story is someone we're going to call uh, the teacher. See, uh, ecclesia means the gathering, the assembly. You know, the church. We're the, the ecclesia. We're the, we're the gathering, the assembly of the church. And so Ecclesiastes is, is a story told by someone to the assembly. Okay? It's a teacher. And so this voice, this person of the teacher... From early in chapter 1 through the end of chapter 12 tells this story. And in this story, it is raw. Raw. And it's genuine and it's real. And it says, once again, my words, not, you know, not possibly Solomon. We believe Solomon wrote this, but, you know, we're not entirely certain, but it doesn't matter. So my words, throughout this, there's this theme of sometimes life sucks and you can't control. Sometimes, sometimes horrible things are going to happen and, and, and you have no say in the matter. You know, that, that day when, on Tuesday, when Hawk and I came together, it was less than an hour. We didn't have time for a meal together. We didn't have time to just you know sit and, and just be together we had less than an hour it reminds me of still in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 uh, verses 12 and 13 says I perceive that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil this is God's gift to man Six times in, in this book, it's made reference to it, it's God's gifts to man when when you will just stop, and for that moment you will just embrace life with family, with friends. You'll enjoy the weather. 
this is God's gift, man. And so that's what Hawk and I did for, for that brief time. I want to show us, I want to show two videos. And guys, please treat the videos as you would the preach because they are the preach. They are the preach today. I've given the intro to the preach. My wife pointed me to this, this YouTube channel called The Bible Project. You got anyone familiar with The Bible Project? It's great. It's great. It's, it's a nonprofit just set aside to, to animate and illustrate and use visual aid in bringing forth the gospel. So when she introduced it to me, I started looking at, I wanted to make sure they were scripturally sound. I started looking, I'm like, man, that's solid, that's solid, that's solid, that's great. And so we're going we're gonna to show two videos. One is kind of the story of Ecclesiastes. And it's real, real short from start to finish. But I want you to notice what it does. Is it, it stirs within you hunger to be in the Word. I promise you, at the end of this first video, you're going to say, when I leave here, I want to go home and I want to study Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and, and Job. Wisdom books. And then the second one, by the same group, the Bible Project, it's all about helping you to get a grasp on what's being said in Scripture so you can circle back on it and be in Scripture and go, okay, that makes sense. To bring revelation. It's not meant to take the place, but you know, young people, as I mentioned, I really want you guys to grab a hold of this because you are a visual generation. You are. And, and these are some incredible visual tools. So... I'm going to sit down and then I'll probably, you know, un- unpack a little bit and then we'll show the second one. So let's let's show that first one for now. Isn't that good? You guys, uh, what I want to do today is just equip you with tools. And, and these are great tools. Um, and if you go to the Bible Project, you can look and every book of the Bible is covered. And you can do a search for different stories and they're covered. And some are like the first one where it just kind of gives a brief overview and kind of tells a story. And the next one, though, is really trying to get us to dig in and to go back and to, to search the Word and to let the Holy Spirit bring even more revelation. And so that's what I meant by today, that, that as much as I like to do the unpacking, that's not what God had for us today. This is what the Lord had for us today. And, you know, we say it time and time again. Our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so, church, you know, your job is the work of the ministry and you need tools. And, and so that's what we're giving you today is is just a couple, you know, just a neat tool. So I want to read that passage from Ecclesiastes 12. I'm going to read 9 and 10 and then 11 through 14 again. So this is how, once again, the book of Ecclesiastes came to an end. Besides being wise, the preacher or the teacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight. I don't know how successful he was. He he sought to, but most of those words, I'm like, come on, Debbie Downer. And uprightly, he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads and like nails, firmly fixed 
and are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God. So he's like, at the end, this is what's most important. Have reverence for God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. I think, I think one of the reasons that I, I've, I've heard it multiple times from pastors don't preach Ecclesiastes is because when, when you're preaching Ecclesiastes, it doesn't necessarily lift you out. It, it takes you to the valley and it doesn't necessarily lift you out of the valley. But I love the perspective of the critic. Now, the author comes back at the very end and he says, above all, have reverence for God. Have, have, have a, a fear of the Lord. Not be afraid of the Lord. Have, have fear of the Lord. Have reverence and awe of the Lord. And obey His commandments. I'm here to remind us that even in having awe of the Lord and even in obeying all of His commandments, that is not a guarantee of an easy life. As a matter of fact, Jesus comes right out and says, you will have hardships. You you will have difficulties on account of me. But then when we just add life to it, bottom line is, sometimes bad people thrive. Sometimes good people suffer. And not even on account of the Lord, just life. But I want to remind you that that's going to happen whether we have our eyes set on Jesus or not. And I'm here to tell you from my experience, this is called my testimony, my experience, Christ at the forefront of my life when the hardships come and I walk it through with Jesus beside me, never leaving me, never forsaking me, then I walk through it with a strength that goes beyond me. And the times in my life when my eyes weren't set on the Lord and I was walking in my own strength, those times were brutal. We've set our eyes on the Lord. We've set our hearts on the Lord. And we trust Him. No matter what we go through, He says, I'll carry you through. I'll carry you through. There's plenty of things. I will never stand up here and tell you I've got an answer for something that I don't have an answer for. And there's times when, when bad things happen in life that I don't have an answer for. And what I certainly will not do is get up here and say that was God's plan because that is bull. There are times things happen that was not God's plan. It's because men did evil things and God did not get His way. And a lot of times Christians, we, we, we have intentions. So we say, oh, you know... Um, it's all part of God's plan. It's like, that's not scripture. Romans 8 says, God will turn all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. But that's different than saying, oh, it's, it's part of God's plan. What I hope to accomplish today is, is that 
hunger is stirred. Hunger to be in the Word. Hunger to seek out the truths contained in His Word. I'm hoping that hunger is stirred. I, I can't wait to get home and read Job, and, I, and I've already done exactly that. But like I, you know, I can't wait to pop in the next video. What does the caricature look like? I know what Proverbs looks like, and I, I saw what the middle-aged dude with the pipe. Apparently, he's Ecclesiastes. So what does Job look like? Dun, dun, dun. You'll have to go home and check it out. But above all, guys, what I, what I want today is for us to set our hearts on the Lord with the understanding that good things happen, bad things happen. But in all, we, we stay, we keep, we keep our eyes firmly affixed on Him.